0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Music for a Book podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Brittany, but you can call me
1: Britt. And
0: I'm Hannah. And our podcast is exactly what it sounds like. We take our love of books and our love of music and kind of combine them together. We're going to be doing reviews of books, picking out a song that we feel like encapsulates the vibe and the theme of the book overall, and walking you guys through it step by step. So welcome to our very first episode.
1: Woo! Woo! Yes, our very first, our opening act, as they would say, right, in the concert world. Um, for, for this episode, we are going to be talking about The Housemaid by Frieda McFadden. So we'll go through how the podcast will be set up, a little bit about the book, um, and there'll be spoilers later on. So we will warn you before that happens, but excited to have you here, everybody. Yes, welcome,
0: thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to be here and so excited to take this adventure and journey with you guys.
1: Dear Reader,
0: In our Dear Reader segment, when we release our episodes, this will be where we reveal the book themes, general warnings, trigger warnings, and give you a general synopsis of the book if you've never heard of it, or a refresher for those of you that have read it. So, the book, The Housemaid by Frieda McFadden, the general themes and the warnings that you can expect to read about are going to be domestic abuse, domestic violence, uh, severe mental health issues, murder slash death, um, and general over overall themes of psychological torment, torture, abuse, things like that. It's not super severe, but definitely heed your warning when you read this.
1: Yes. All right. So to give a little synopsis of The Housemaid, The Housemaid starts off in a gripping prologue where we find out that there has been a death in the house. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Then we are int- <laughs> then we are introduced <laughs> to our main character Millie, who has kind of had a rough go about it with some jobs, but has an interview for one of her for a dream job with the Winchester family. This job would be a live-in housemaid for Nina, Andrew, and their daughter Cecilia. So on our first day. Millie arrives, everything's going good, and then all of a sudden the gardener says, danger. So then she wonders, what is that about? And as we move through the book, we just see that the family might not be everything that she expected it to be. Was this a dream or was it more of a nightmare? So that's what you can expect out of the housemaid without giving
0: too much away. So now we are going to reveal our song choices for this book. So, just so you guys, I know, just so you guys are aware, we are heavy in our Taylor Swift and Harry Styles eras. So our songs are probably gonna lean that way for a little bit, but just know that it might not be that way forever. We are just so deeply involved in that part of our life right <laughs> now. So the songs will probably
1: reflect that for a little bit. Yes, number one artist for like the last, can not even tell you how many years, so. Just exactly. fair warning. <laughs> yep, it's fine.
0: So, oh, I'm so excited. We have not talked about the book. We have not talked about our song choices. We are going in fully blind and I know we've both been dying to know. Yes. So, all right. Am I gonna reveal? Or are you gonna yeah. reveal? Britt, you go first. Okay, so the song that I have chosen is, Blank space. (laughs) Don't tell me you also picked blank space. Shut up. (laughs) Of course we did. Of course we picked the same song. (laughs) I'm interested to see what you think why
1: you picked it, but yeah, that's the song
0: I picked too. You guys, I we did not plan this. General like genuine genuine reaction right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, um, so both of us, I guess, will be paralleling yeah. blank space. <laughs> um, But I guess that tells you that it definitely fits the overall theme of the book. So yeah. as we go through, we will definitely be tying this in, but. What we're focusing on most is our review of the book, what we liked, what we disliked, moving through things like that. So you'll hear a little bit more about blank space both ways in a little <laughs> bit. Um, but for now, we have to warn you guys, this is your time to exit. If you have not read the book, you don't want spoilers. If you wanna read the book, get out now because from here on out, Everything that we read is fair game, so this is your chance to just shut us down, come back when you've read the book so you can enjoy the review fully. If you've read the book, if you don't care to read the book and you're just here for the vibes, welcome. We're about to move on, but this is your warning. Back out now. Yep,
1: turn around, do not pass go, don't collect $200. Come back once you've read it, or stay in, and stay in hang out with us. Exactly. Because we got a blank space, baby and i'll write your name (laughs) all right so i will say what i did like about this book is how it was separated so the prologue part one two and then the epilogue so like we said spoilers fair warning we're diving in all right so the housemaid starts off with a gripping prologue literally the first line is if i leave this house it will be in handcuffs So we're introduced to um, these characters in a very, like, general sense. We don't know really who's who, but we um, understand that somebody has died and that, like, we really don't understand, like, what's happening yet. Mm -hmm. But it's like, all right, I need to figure out how this is unfolded. So um, then it leads us right into part one, which is three months earlier than the prologue. And we're introduced
0: to Millie. And so... Millie is the housemaid that was hired in by Nina Winchester, the Winchester family. And we find out very quickly that Millie has a past. Her real name is Wilhelmina and she has spent some time in prison. Now, she is still very young and so we really don't from any point in the beginning have any clue why she was in prison we do know though that she was in for 10 years and has had a really hard time holding down a job trying to make a living for herself get herself back on her feet
1: yeah she's like living out of her car just a bunch of different things trying to trying to find a job that finally she lands um with nina and this job is like too good to be
0: true basically this house is stunning in a very vibrant neighborhood. So there's a gate to get in. They have a landscaper. They're just looking for someone to kind of take care of things. And Millie is low-key confused because the house doesn't even look like they need a housekeeper. Like there's no trash. Everything is super pristine. Everything feels like right in order. So she's a little confused, but also she is not In any position to turn down the kind of money that the Winchesters are about to be offering her.
1: Yes, it's also worth noting too that when um, Millie shows up to this interview, she really tries to like downplay her appearance too. So she tries to um, like come in with glasses and just kind of makes herself look a little bit more like homely because she doesn't want the wife to be threatened by her at all.
0: As they're going through the house, they end up coming up to her room, which is an attic now when she gets up to this attic there's definitely some like there's just something weird about it behind the doorway there's a really dark stairwell that kind of leads up the room would be upstairs it's a finished attic so the dark and narrow staircase is like Definitely not the same vibe of the house, but Millie kind of understands, like, she is the hired help. She's not necessarily going to be a part of the luxurious part of the house. But she does say, I think she says, like, would it kill them to put, like, a light bulb in? You know, just (laughs) Mm -hmm. small details like that. At the top of the stairs, there's a small little hallway. And there is a bathroom within this vicinity. And then the room is right upstairs. So, Nina opens up this door and it's super dark inside. When Nana turns on the light, Millie is a little taken aback because it is, it's small. Like this room is tiny.
1: And I don't think I realized like reading it to like how small it was. To like, you know, like looking back now, I was like, no, this is like a tiny little attic. Yes.
0: There's something about it that bothers her, but she can't really figure it out. She's just... You know like there's this really small window it's very tiny there's just a bed and a nightstand in a closet i'm pretty sure
1: yeah and she just thinks like you know um nobody could see her up there like she could scream and yell and like nobody would hear her too so she's just kind of like a little ball of dread was forming like in the pit of her stomach
0: but this is it looks better than her car so at this point she is just she's just happy to have a roof over her head and something to do. We are also, while she's giving her the tour, introduced to the Winchester's daughter, Cecilia. And my God, is Cecilia a character? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just picture her as like the girls in the hallway of The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except with
0: like icy blonde hair and like a piercing stare. Yes. <laughs> like they described her as... Being cast as like creepy girl number three in like a Victorian horror movie, she's super pale and she's young, but she's wearing these like really frilly, lacy dresses that are very white and like very pale and very non childlike.
1: Mm -hmm. And like Cece's just like staring at Millie too, just like in that creepy way, like just never takes her eyes off her, even when like Nina's talking to her daughter too. Yeah, and she's like is there something wrong with me like is this girl gonna murder me yeah what's
0: going on and then she like
1: millie just kind of brushes it away like all right i'm being ridiculous
0: she gets really excited because she's gonna take the position if nina offers it to her again dream opportunity she can't pass it up the only thing she's worried about is nina
1: doing a background check on her and seeing her criminal history as millie's leaving right she's Crossing her fingers, you know, she's like, did I dot all my I's, cross my T's, you know, making sure everything was, like, perfect for this. But then on the way out, she runs into the gardener. She, like, tries to say hi, but he, like, just kind of stares at her. His expression, like, sends a chill down her spine, and he just kind of, like, shakes his head.
0: We move forward a little bit, and Millie obviously gets the job. It seems like it's going to be a really solid working relationship, and she's going to come in and, I mean the house is pretty immaculate like nina keeps herself together nina is a really like well-kempt woman she wears a lot of white too just like cecilia beautiful hair everything is well done so millie arrives at the house she's really excited you know she's getting ready to go in and she runs into the landscaper and is you know kind of yelling out to him like hi hello you know this is my first day and he doesn't really say anything he's just like a massive dude. Like, and she also says that he's pretty hot. But he's, like, mid-30s. He's, you know, very rugged. He has some tattoos. And she asks if he can help her. Yeah, because when she arrives, the gate's closed. And she realizes that he doesn't speak English because he responds in something that sounds like Italian. She's trying to, like, mime her way in and trying to explain her situation
1: yeah so he opens the gates yeah and so he doesn't speak much English but he does um, we do get introduced to him so you know Millie like points to herself and says like you know Millie and then he does you know (laughs) respond back like I am Enzo but then he like says something in his language that we don't really know what it is yet right and like says a foreign word to her She's, like, just very, like, confused as to what it means, like, obviously doesn't know. Just as he says that, Nina comes out and is like, oh, Millie, you're here. And Nina
0: is just overjoyed and she was like, I really had a connection with you, you know, just had, like, this gut feeling, so excited, which means that she never really did the background check because or she must not have done the background check because she welcomes her with open arms into her home especially with a child in there i feel like most people in a community like this probably wouldn't yeah you know hire someone to watch their child and take care of their home that was just in prison for 10 years yeah but i don't know people do weird shit all the time (laughs) so who knows (laughs) you know nina brings her inside And this is where we get, like, we're 20 pages in and we're already getting the first look at how just strange everything is here and how fast things can change. So, you know, Millie walks in and this house was pristine during her interview. And now she's like, what the hell happened here? There, it's just disgusting. The house is filthy. Yeah, it's described as like a pigsty. In a week's time. Like, there's just like, pizza boxes everywhere. And I think she said there was one specifically that, like, there was varying amounts of sticky liquid just all over. And, you know, this is where Millie's like, okay, got you. So everyone has their vices. Everyone has their secrets. So Nina Winchester is a slob. And that's why she hired me. She must have, you know, put on a front for the house being so beautiful while I was here. It makes Millie feel good because it feels like she's needed and wanted at the house. You know, right away, she said, let me put my bags away. I'll get started. Let me get everything going. And Nina also gives her a cell phone. She can't really afford a family plan. She tries to turn it down. But basically, she was like, you know, if you're going to be here, if you're going to be taking care of Cece, if you're going to be in my home, I need a reliable way
1: to contact you. So here's your new phone. Yep. Welcome. We are introduced to... Mr. Winchester, like, shortly after two, so... Millie's first day is just, like, a whirlwind, like, comes in the house, it's a mess, the gardener says a foreign word that she doesn't really know, and we meet Andy, Andrew Winchester. She did look him up, she says, and her eyes pop when she saw his net worth. You know, we're just picturing, like, this very elegant businessman, well put together, you know, insanely handsome, but he, she also notices that he's, like, kind of surprised to see her that, like, maybe Nina didn't tell him yeah. that um she was hiring a housemaid. And so... um Yeah, why would she need to tell him that someone's yeah. living in their house with them? So, like, he's just kind of like, oh, I didn't realize. And, you know, Nina's like, I told you about her. Like, we needed somebody to help with cleaning and everything.
0: You know, he runs off to work and it seems like he is out of the house pretty frequently, especially someone... That has a net worth of eight figures past the dollar sign. Probably busy. Yeah. Quite a bit, which is why Nina's at home. You know, Millie's ready to just kind of dive right in. But before she gets started, Nina points out that she's not wearing glasses, which she had worn to her interview. And those glasses were fake. (laughs) Again, she was really trying to put on this, like, put together persona. She immediately lies about wearing contact. She can feel like Nina is scrutinizing her eyeballs, trying to find, like, the blue outline of a contact Mm -hmm. lens. She's not really sure why she lied, but she just feels like it's a very... The interview was so different from this, you know, very first interaction of her actually working there. And it just kind of trips her up a little
1: bit. Millie also makes a comment, too, that she thinks that Andrew is, like, ten times, you know, more attractive than Nina, too. So she's kind of like, hmm, this is an interesting pairing. She
0: heads up to her room which is that weird kind of creepy attic that we talked about a little bit ago when she's in there in addition to the bed the dresser and then there's a bookcase in there she noticed one other thing in the room and it was kind of like a mini fridge plugged in and it had two small shelves and there was three like teeny tiny those small bottles of water up on there (laughs) and Nina's like good hydration is very important which is Very strange. And Millie obviously thinks it's strange, but she's like, obviously, you know, it's your fridge. You can keep whatever you want, but just have some water, some snacks, stuff like that. Nina's like, all right, I'm going to get my life together. We have the PTA meeting tomorrow because, of course, Nina's a part of the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association. She's the vice president because, again, this perfect family, her perfect little Victorian haunted child. Um, Her perfect husband, of course, she would be a part of the school board.
1: And so they're up in the room just kind of um, talking over some things. And uh, Millie rests her hand on the doorknob. And then that's when she kind of notices, like, what is bothering her um, about this room. And she kind of gets a sick feeling. And she asks Nina, why is the lock to this bedroom on the outside rather than the inside? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, a little... A little bizarre. Yeah. And so Millie, like, thinks, like, you know, somebody could easily lock me in here. There's only one window. And, you know, she's like, this is can't be good. So she asks if she could have a key to the room. And then Nina says she's not sure where it is, but she'll find it. You know, Millie points out, like, I feel like Nina has a split personality. Like, just how she, like, flips from hot to cold so rapidly. Yeah. And, like,
0: I know we're only a couple chapters in, but i feel like she does such a good job of Mm -hmm. detailing just like the emotional whiplash that you kind of get from interacting with nina in the dialogue that she has the mannerisms that she describes and it only gets progressively worse and like
1: having like millie as the narrator too you know kind of shows like really how like millie is reacting to nina's hot and cold and just like all of that too which is pretty crazy
0: she has this like weird sinking feeling she's like let me just put my stuff down i'm gonna go clean this house Everything will be good. I'm just, it's a new environment. I'm a little nervous, a little anxious. And she shuts the door and she notices some marks on the wood after Nina leaves. And she describes them as like long, thin lines running down the length of the door. And it kind of looks like scratches. It looks like someone was kind of clawing. Or scraping at the door to get out. Millie immediately tamps this by being like, I'm being paranoid. I'm being ridiculous. She tried to open the small window to get some breeze. And this is when she realized that she has one window, one window only, and it doesn't open. It's painted shut.
1: Yep. And she like looks out the window and um, sees Enzo mowing the lawn. That's when, like, she remembered that he, like, hissed at her, her colo. I don't know if that's the right right way to say it. I don't speak Italian. And so she grabs her new phone that Nina gave her. She does, like, a Google Translate of the Italian word. It translates to danger. So, kind of wonder, you know, what is
0: Enzo trying to warn her about, danger-wise? Yeah, like, what's going on? And from there, you know, once we kind of get the scene set up, now we just have like chapter after chapter of some of the most bizarre shit. So Billy spends hours and hours cleaning this house, right? And so it is disgusting. Like, she cannot believe how gross this house got in one week's time when she just got a head-to-toe tour top to bottom of this pristine immaculate mansion. She's gotten the kitchen somewhat, like, habitable. And then she hears a little voice that scares the living shit out of her. And it's like, who are you? And she sees Cecilia kind of standing there. She's wearing, again, like, a really, like, white frilly dress. And she describes her and kind of likens her to, like, a doll. But a doll that would absolutely murder you in your sleep or, like, possess you (laughs) because it's possessed by a demon. She didn't even hear her come inside. So she introduces herself. She's like, hi, I'm Millie. I'm going to be cleaning up things and we're going to have fun together. And Cecilia just stares at her and is like, I'm hungry.
1: Yep. And she's like, okay, well, what would you like to eat? And of course, as a little girl would, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Just doesn't give Millie, like, anything. (laughs) And she's
0: like, well, what do you like? Like, I don't know. And so now Millie's like... So frustrated.
1: Yeah. And like, it goes on to... It just makes me laugh because she's like, well, what do you like to watch on TV? And Cecilia's like, I like to read. And then Millie's like, trying to make conversation like, what do you like to read? Books? What kind of books? (laughs) Oh, kinds with words. I'm like, (laughs) they're so so sassy.
0: (laughs) So sassy. So not only is she creepy, but she has an attitude. And so Millie's like, oh god. You know, this paycheck better be worth it.
1: Yep. So um, Millie does decide to make Cecilia a snack. Um, And since Cecilia didn't really, like, give her any... Anything to go with, right? She's like, well, I guess I'll just make something easy, like crackers and peanut butter. You know, normal kid-friendly snack with stuff that she found in the pantry. Cecilia kind of, like, freaks out and is like, peanut butter and banana? Like, I'm allergic to peanut butter. Like, are you trying to kill me? (laughs) I couldn't
0: believe, like... What? Like, yeah. Your child is deathly
1: allergic to peanut butter, and you have it in the house. And not just like a little jar. Like, I will say, like my mom used to have it, but she would like keep it like far in the back, little jar, because I'm allergic to peanuts. But yeah. like, the way Emily really describes it is like there's this giant tub of peanut butter sitting in the pantry. Like, what like else? Costco you know?
0: Kirkland brand, like oversized yeah. jar of peanut butter. <laughs> You know, Nina sprints down and she's like, Millie, is this true? What you tried to do to my precious little angel? And she's like, you never told me. She was allergic. She was like, no, I told you all of her allergies. And Millie's like, "Mm -hmm. no, you didn't. Like, no, you (laughs) did not. And so, you know, she was like, I would bet my life that she didn't tell me. And she apologizes. Cecilia is having like a full-blown meltdown. And she's like please don't forget anything this important ever again as if she knew about it in the first place and (laughs) she's like do you want me to throw out the jar of peanut butter that was in the pantry and this is where i was like what and so nina kind of goes quiet and she says quote no better not we might need it you might need it for what poisoning (laughs) your child yeah i'm so confused And then she throws out something else, too. She's like, so when will dinner be ready? And Millie's like, what do you mean dinner? Did she have, like, an imaginary conversation? Everything kind of calms down, and Millie just slaps some dinner together. And this is where we get another run-in with Andy Winchester. And so he comes home, and she notes that he's even, like, more handsome when he smiles. (laughs) <laughs> and she definitely makes these like internal comments on her side of the narration of like how attractive Andy is, and again how she doesn't understand the relationship because like she can't compute why someone so wealthy and so like attractive would be with someone like Nina.
1: So as Millie's cleaning up the house, you know she's you know trying to decide like what to keep, what not to keep. Like obviously the, there's like crumpled newspaper and papers everywhere. And she comes down to the kitchen and finds, like, Nina has tore everything apart again and is like, where are my PTA notes? And Millie's kind of like, uh, what PTA notes? She's like, the PTA notes that were, like, on the counter. And Millie's like, no, they're... They weren't there. So Nina's like hysteric accusing Millie of throwing away her PTA notes, and Andy comes down and like witnesses it. And it, Millie's like, you know, I didn't do anything with them. Andy comes in and Nina accuses, you know, Millie in front of Andy that, you know, Millie threw out her notes for the meeting tonight, you know, Andy being the reasonable good husband and with the solutions, you know, just like, oh, well that's terrible. but. You should have some of your notes saved on the computer, right? Andy lingers a little bit after Nina kind of storms off. And he just kind of, like, acknowledges that Nina's a little high-strung, but she has a good heart. So we see here, you know, the good guy that Andrew Winchester is. And how Nina is, like, flipping back and forth at hot and cold. like Yeah, and it
0: just, it's, the theme is so heavy throughout Millie's narration of, like, Andy comes in and saves the day after Nina has, like, these crazy blow-ups and, you know, she seems... she's seeming unstable and that's something that Millie talks about a lot. She's like, this woman is not... something... there's something wrong in this general vicinity up top there. Like, Mm -hmm. something is going on. You know, again, we see another instance where, like, you know, like, Millie goes out to get groceries for the family and as she's coming back, Enzo, the landscaper, sees her and helps her bring this stuff in. She notices... You know, a few things, she notices that there's a tattoo on his bicep for someone named Antonia. She talks to Enzo for a minute, and and by talk, she means, like, has, like, a one-sided conversation while she's trying to immediately translate the things that he's saying. And so Nina comes in, and she's like, Millie, did you have company over? Like, did you have people over? And she's like, it was just Enzo, the landscaper. Nina immediately was like, I do not want him in this house. He's filthy from working outside as if she didn't just like pollute her own house like a right? week prior. <laughs> I mean, basically she's like do you understand like you are not allowed to have guests in this home. And especially you can't have the landscaper in here, which I think is a little outrageous considering that he like yeah, works there, but you know What we've seen, Nina is a little unhinged, and that's okay. (laughs) And another thing that we see is she's like, so Millie, like, why don't you ever wear your glasses? And this is where Millie admits that they were fake, they were an accessory, and they're decorative. And Nina was like, so you lied to me. And... Millie goes you know it was it was like a fashion statement it wasn't really lying (laughs) she goes yeah but then you said you had contacts and so Millie's kind of cursing herself like shit you know and Nina's like please don't lie to me ever again and so it's just another thing she glances around the living room And before she exits, the last thing that she says is, please clean up this room. I'm not paying you to flirt with the landscaper. (laughs) I just feel like every time Nina says or does something, I'm like, is this is this woman real? Like, what is happening? It's so aggressively bonkers for no reason.
1: Yeah. So it finally comes when um, Nina has her PTA meeting. So it's just um, Millie, Cecilia and Andy at home. So Millie makes dinner, like, you know, I guess the expectation now that she is to do that. But Cecilia obviously doesn't like the dinner. So Andy steps in again and is the hero and shows Millie how to make the proper chicken nugget.
0: Obviously, dino nuggies. Of course. Obviously. But like, they can't, the dino nuggies, no amputees, no amputations. They must be whole dino nuggies microwaved for a very specific time frame
1: (laughs) so you know during this time too like you know we talked about how millie you know describes andrew as being like this very attractive like sexy handsome talks about how you know when she went to prison at 17 she wasn't a virgin um, but her only experience included clumsy high school sex you know she obviously is feeling a little probably deprived like seeing andrew right she's just like thinking about the fact that she hasn't even, like, touched somebody in, like, over a decade. You know, he's the man I'm looking for, but obviously not married. And this is when I was, like, kind of thinking, like, are we reading a thriller or are we reading a romance novel? Because I see some, (laughs) like, sparks flying here. When I picked this book up, romance was not
0: in the (laughs) forefront of my mind. So, yeah, we just keep seeing these weird sides of Nina that come out and no real explanation for them until, you know, she comes down to the living room And Nina is holding a garbage bag and Millie's like, dear God, what now? Like, is she about to pour trash all over the living room for me to just clean up? And (laughs) honestly, I would not put it past her to do that. But Nina is like, I went through my closet. And unfortunately, a few of my dresses are a tad too small. So I've collected them. And would you take these to a donation bin? Millie, a couple of times throughout the book, does note that Nina seems to have habits that are not that great, noticing that she is slightly overweight. She does eat a significant amount of food and snacks and things like that. And there's definitely some stuff about like weight and weight stigma in here that I think is a little gross, but also obviously it's from the perspective of Millie. So we're getting it through her specific lens. Mm -hmm. You know, Nina gives her this garbage bag and, you know, she said, no problem. And she's like, actually, though, like, what size are you, Millie? Like, what size do you wear? And she says she's a size six. And Nina's like, perfect. All of these dresses are a six or an eight. She insists and will not stop until Millie takes these clothes, takes the dresses. She said she would look amazing. And then she's like, OK, I'll take them. Everything's fine. She gave them to me. It'll be good. then Nina drops a little bomb and says, like, this is very generous of you. She says, if you decide you want it back, just let me know. To which Nina says, quote, I don't think I'm going to drop any dress sizes anytime soon, especially since Andy and I are having a baby.
1: Hmm? Mm-hmm. What?
0: And she's like, like, you're pregnant?
1: Yeah. So it's like, oh, maybe her behavior is like based like pregnancy hormones, right? hmm Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. It's like very intense pregnancy hormones. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like there's, like, a domino effect almost of, like, all the stuff, like, that happens in relation to, like, Nina and and Millie yeah. and just different things. And Nina calls Millie to pick up Cece from school and, like, gives her a name of the school and tells her, like, yeah, you need to pick up Cece, all this stuff. Um, and so they get off the phone. Millie looks up the school and the school name that Nina gave her is not correct, but she finds, like... You know, she's like on a time crunch. She's like, all right, I got to pick up Cece from school. Like, I can't be late. You know, later we, like, she calls Nina and Nina's like, I did not tell you to pick up Cece. Why would I tell you to do that? Millie's kind of racking her brain. Like, what did I get myself into? Like, what is going on with Nina?
0: And I think she starts to question whether or not the paycheck is actually worth the stress that she's been experiencing. And there's a night where Millie can't sleep. So she ends up watching TV down in the living room. And Andy happens to find her down there to which they sit down and watch, was a Deal or No Deal or like Family Feud together? Family Feud. Family Feud. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. obviously phenomenal late night show. We love some Steve Harvey. And, you know, Nina catches them
1: together, which is innocent looking wait rewind but rewind real quick so when they're down there andy's like oh i'm gonna have a snack do you mind if i have a snack and grabs the peanut butter and millie's kind of like wait why are you eating peanut butter like Cece's allergic and he's like no she's not and so just another thing that we're like wait oh my god nina say thank you for that because i
0: completely forgot I even tabbed it and I just looked right over it, but <laughs> she, she's like, yeah, she's allergic. And he's like, why, why would we keep like a giant jar of peanut butter if my daughter's <laughs> allergic? <laughs> Which is exactly what we said. Yep. But yeah, so they're, you know, they're sitting out there and they're talking and Nina is, she's livid. She's glaring at them and she's like, oh, you two seem to be having a lot of fun. And this is like the worst possible situation Millie could imagine because... Every day is a roller coaster of turmoil and emotional abuse from Nina, and now be, her being found in a quote unquote like compromising situation with her husband is only going to exacerbate the problems that she already has. I feel like the way that she's written is so condescending and like the best way possible. Like the way that she's she says things is just like, you know, would you just wander around a stranger's house in the middle of the night because you assume they wouldn't be around and. Millie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I... I live here. Like, I take care of your house for you.
1: Yeah. It's not like she stumbled into a random house and is just chilling. But something to note, too, is when Millie went to go pick up Cece from school, some of, like, the PTA ladies were there and just kind of asked Millie how she likes working for Nina. And they make a comment saying, like, Nina is nuts. Like, literally. Yeah.
0: And so some of this might be a little out of order but this is just there's so much that happens that this is time keeping it straight but like Nina or Millie is cleaning Nina's bathroom and she gets this like urge to look you know take a peek around and she notices that she has you know orange pill bottles and she takes note of a couple of them and when she looks them up later they are antipsychotic medications I believe does that sound Mm -hmm. right? And so. so she kind of makes a mental note of that, of like, okay, you know, maybe there is something more here that I don't know. And that would explain a lot of the mood swings, a lot of the erratic behavior and, and all of that. So we arrive at, like, a really pivotal moment. And this is where Nina and Andy go to their fertility specialist
1: mm-hmm. to talk
0: about the pregnancy. Because when Nina was like, we're having a baby... She wasn't actually pregnant yet. She was just saying that they are planning to have another child together. You know, while they're waiting, she's taking care of Cecilia, which she has another run-in with this ghostly Victorian child being an absolute bratty P.O.S. Uh, She, like, flings Mm -hmm. a sandwich across the room and they're having a fight. Their little tiff is interrupted by Nina and Andy coming home from the
1: appointment. And they do Mm -hmm. not they do not look good no like nina's hair is in disarray um her blouse is wrinkled which is just not you know part of her normal like well to um kempt look yeah and you know we find out that it, it's not good
0: news it was definitely not the news they were hoping for and we find out from andy in another admission there might have been one sooner but we find out that andy is really devastated because Cecilia is not his biological daughter he Mm -hmm. loves Cecilia like she's his own but Cece is not his and so that was another reason that they wanted to have a baby together so Andy could have a biological
1: child with Nina later that night Millie wakes up to the sound of like shouting hears a crash and like can definitely tell like it's Nina and Andy I mean who else would it be in the house right Um, but there's, like, loud voices. She, like, tries to get out of her room, and, like, the door handle sticks. You know, that once in a while, she, like, says that it sticks every now and then. Um, but it still, like, you know, panics her. Finally, the door opens, and she's out, and she, like, sneaks down to try to figure out kind of what's going on, because she hears loud screaming. Millie
0: panics. This girl freaks out. She thinks that Nina has killed her husband. Like... (laughs) She's like, "Where's Andrew?" Kind of accusatory. So Nina tries to send her back to her room. She fights back
1: because, like, she sees like blood on Nina's hand. Like, heard the crash. Doesn't see Andy.
0: She goes, "Stay up in the attic at night." Do you understand?
1: (laughs) Emily's like, "Yep, never want to come out of the attic again." (laughs)
0: No, literally. Like, okay, yep. I will just get the fuck out of the way. Bye. Andy asked Millie if she would get them two tickets to Showdown on Broadway because Nina is feeling really down after this whole fertility issue and he really wants to make it up to her. And so she's like, oh my God, he's so thoughtful. Yes. And she asked what days would work for her. And so she goes, I'm free a week from Sunday if you can swing it you know, I can watch Cecilia, don't even worry about it. And so Millie goes through and, you know, buys these tickets, sets up a hotel, you know, just kind of gets this really nice thing set up for Nina so they can have a night out together just to kind of, I don't know, come back together as a couple after the struggle that they just went through at the fertility doctor. Moving through and Millie is taking Cecilia to ballet and she ends up meeting a a nanny of twins. She asks, like, who are you here to pick up? And when she says Cecilia Winchester, this girl named Amanda said, you work for the Winchesters? Good luck with that.
1: Yeah, which is a little suspicious.
0: (laughs) Right? And I feel like it reinforces these things, like when the PTA moms are like, Nina is nuts. And Mm -hmm. all of these like erratic behaviors. But we do, we do find something out that
1: happened with with nina what what did we find out so um we find out that nina tried to drown cecilia in a bathtub like what yeah yeah you know she like the police arrived just in time but that like nina drugged her and threw her in the bathtub and then took a bunch of pills herself and that's what kind of landed her in the um in the
0: psych ward after you know millie finds this out about nina she really just tries to keep her head down do her job does everything the best she can they are really looking forward to this broadway show nina asks millie if she got tickets for the show she says yes There's six rows from the stage you can practically touch the actors she booked them a hotel at the plaza super excited she's so ready and so nina goes oh yeah i can hardly wait all week for it and millie's like all week (laughs) the show's in three days and Nina freaks out on her she's like you told me that over a week ago like you told me that a week from Sunday you were free and Nina said so you admit I told you to book a week from Sunday and you still booked for this Sunday and she is so furious with her she can't make the show because she's taking Cece to a summer camp in Massachusetts and she's spending the night out there and again this is another moment where Millie's like I know for a fact that Nina did not tell me the following Sunday. But yeah, here she yep. is taking the fall for it again. And even worse, Nina says, The cost of these tickets in hotel room is coming out of your paycheck if you can't get a refund. And Millie's like, I'm sorry, because the cost of those tickets plus the hotel is more than a single paycheck. <laughs> so Andy comes in saves the day again Mr. Winchester is just oh, Andy always there so he manages to get a refund on the tickets and you know things move on Cece's gonna be gone for two weeks Nina's gonna be out of the house for a day or two everything's just gonna be a little bit lighter
1: and then after, so Nina is on her way to take Cece, and Andy reveals that he wasn't actually able to get that refund. As far as Nina's concerned, refund's good. Millie doesn't have to take it out of her paycheck. The way he says it, too, is like, I have a confession to make now that Nina is gone. And so Millie just kind of jumps to a confession, like, oh, I'm madly in love with you. I'm going to leave Nina, and we can run off together to Aruba. <laughs> and Millie's like, no, that's unlikely. <laughs> like oh (laughs) not
0: impossible
1: (laughs) right (laughs) um but you know so andy's like yeah i wasn't able to get a refund so like you can take a millie like go with a friend um and as we know millie doesn't really have friends like she's been in prison for the last 10 years like Uh you know i think the closest thing she has to a friend is Cece, and you know that's saying saying something Or
0: bologna sandwich flinging Victoria ghost friend <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> um Millie's like yeah I'll just pass like you know I can't there's nobody to go with and um Andrew's like well I'll go with you and Millie's kind of hesitant like uh maybe this isn't such a good idea but um you know Andrew acknowledges like Nina's jealousy but that there's also like no reason that these tickets should go to waste like they were expensive tickets Um, and, you know, Andy wants to save the day again and, uh, take Millie to her first Broadway show and just kind of be that hero, you know, that, that we see in them.
0: Yep. And when Millie gets ready, she happens to go through that, that bag of clothes that Nina had given her. And so she pulls out a white dress and, you know, white is very obviously Nina's favorite color because that's literally all her and Cece ever wear. And you know, she's just gonna she's gonna be extra careful in the dress tonight. And Andy just is like whoo! Like hot damn! Look at you! (laughs) And Millie has to keep reminding herself again and again like he is my boss. He is my boss. Nothing can happen. He is married. He has a wife. His wife is cuckoo bananas. (laughs) like we gotta keep it under wraps here oh there's a moment too where again it teeters into like is this a romance where's the thriller aspect (laughs) because like right now yeah we have like a bunch of crazy stuff that's happened but like there's nothing really like thriller-esque about it it's like a little atmospheric and a little unsettling and then all of a sudden andy's staring at millie's legs in the car and she's like oh shit. yeah because
1: up until now too like you're like all right the thriller like obviously we're painting nina as the bad one right like she's yeah. the bad guy of this yeah and then you know you know things happen and um so we're like you know is it gonna be like jealousy like all right how is this gonna unfold like Obviously, Andrew and Millie are... Like, something's gonna happen because that's just what it's naturally, like, leading up to.
0: The wine starts flowing and Andy starts talking. You know, he's like, she is completely different. She doesn't do anything except complain. She doesn't have any interest in working. She spoils Cece. And he said the worst part is... And kind of, like, trails off. And Millie at this point is like, well, now you gotta tell me. You can't just, like... (laughs) leave that with a dot 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 all i wanted to do was settle down buy a house have a few kids and you know she's like i'm sorry about the fertility issues it must be hard on you and he says yeah we haven't had sex since that doctor's appointment oh andy they get a cab back to the hotel millie's like okay there are two beds and he's like what you don't trust me and millie in her head's like no, like, I don't trust myself.
1: Like I do yeah. not trust me in this
0: situation. <laughs> they get into the car, and at this point, they're both, like, pretty intoxicated, and she's like, you're looking at my legs again. And he actually admits <laughs> it this time, and he's like, what? you got great legs. There's no harm in looking. And then, um... Yeah, it's, uh, it goes where you expect it to.
1: <laughs> yep. It's fade to black, though, guys. Like, don't worry. But, um... <laughs> The um, I just love the opening of chapter 27 when she's just like needless to say we didn't this is Millie right needless to say we didn't get two separate rooms at the plaza so yes I slept with my married boss like all right Millie and so like when they wake up you know Millie's like all right what's like Nina gonna think and like just she tries to lay that out with like Andy like we're not telling Nina right like and he's like no and Andy's like you know I had a great time last night. I'm not sorry for it. And I hope you're not either. But that it can't happen again. Um,
0: And in the moment, you're kind of like, okay, well, we expected this. But then immediately, like, as a reader, in the back of my mind, I was like, what the fuck is Nina going to do?
1: Yes. Right? Because like I said, right? Like, Nina's painted as like this villain. And it's like, fuck, if she finds out, like, yeah. And that's what I
0: in my head as I was reading this I was like this is definitely what's gonna happen like she's gonna Mm -hmm. lose her shit on Millie we don't know anything like besides the Mm -hmm. fact that you know another you know a nanny was like yeah Nina tried to drown her daughter but outside of that interaction we have no knowledge of anything at this point about the why the how or what with Nina and so Mm -hmm. she gets home And she goes shopping, drops a bunch of bags down, and she tells Millie to take the bags upstairs. And again, it must be some sort of, like, schemed torture because she's fairly confident she bought, like, hundreds of pounds worth of dumbbells or some shit. And she's, like, lugging them up the stairs. And (laughs) this is where we find out that last night when they were at the show and, you know, doing what they were doing back at the hotel, at 11 p.m., Nina called the
1: house phone and no one answered nope so she was just trying to nina's like hmm you know that answering the house phone millie is one of your responsibilities but neither you or andrew picked up
0: she sends a a warning text to andy and is like just a heads up like nina called the house last night just so you know and you know she kind of starts to have this like feeling of dread and a little bit of panic starts to to bubble back up so but she does say that andy will know what to do because he always does because he's been what a hero yeah he's been the hero of this he comes in and saves the day every single time millie then is making them dinner millie and andy have this moment where like their eyes meet there's this jolt of attraction and he's, like, so close to her that they could basically kiss. This is where, this is where things get a little, a little spicy, thanks to Nina. Because, you know, they're making dinner, they're eating, you know, a pork chop with applesauce broccolini, and she goes, oh, this looks delicious, Millie. And she's like, oh, doesn't it smell wonderful, Andy? And Nina goes, I'm sure... You never got food like this in prison,
1: did you, Millie? Oh, snap. Because at this point, like, you know, Millie's still unsure if, like, Nina knew that she, like, went to prison. Like, Andy Mm. has no idea. So this reveal is like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And
0: she was like, well, I've always been so curious. Like, tell me what prison food was like. Um very shady, very much like, oh like she knows about her past she can't deny it and Andy's face is like pale as fuck. He is shook by this information. He obviously didn't know that she was a convict and Nina's doing her thing like, oh you forgot to put salt and pepper. Put out the salt and pepper shaker and unfortunately the pork chop does need a little bit of salt. I wish she would be more generous with the seasoning. Just to get more of that like weird condescending behavior after she just called her out for being in prison in front of her husband, yeah. who obviously
1: had no idea. Millie's obviously upset after, you know, Nina blurted this out. And goes upstairs to her room and sees that the playbill from the Broadway musical that they went to see is on her nightstand. And she's just kind of confused because she, like, remembers putting it in her purse. um, And, like, the purse is there on the floor, but she's, like, sure that she didn't pull it out. um, You know, she's like, I locked my room but you know she's not the only one with the key um and then she just had like this sinking feeling and realized that nina knows nina knows everything and that she has made a very Mm -hmm. dangerous enemy after that you know nina like you know millie sees everything that nina's doing as like a form of torture everything like these mundane tasks as being like so meticulous and just so annoying yeah it just
0: like Again, more spiraling. Like, do you guys remember how she gave Nina that bag of clothes? Or Nina gave Millie that bag of clothes? And, you know, Nina wore... Oh my gosh, I always confuse them. So, and then Millie wore (laughs) Nina's dress to that Broadway show. And so Nina was like, what is my clothing doing in your room? And she's like, well, you, you gave it to me. And she was like, why would I give my maid my beautiful luxury designer clothes worth thousands of dollars right she's like she's claiming that she's lying she's snapping at her and this is where again mr andy winchester he's mr always at the right place at the right time
1: (laughs) yep (laughs) tells nina like no millie did not steal this clothing i remember you emptying out the closet and you said you were donating it and he makes a comment like you haven't been able to fit in this stuff in years and of course Nina's like, what are you saying? Am I too fat? Of course. <laughs> Andy just kind of like glosses over it, you know, defending Millie like, no, Millie did not steal from you. Like, why are you doing it to like defend her? Yeah. Then Andy just asked Millie to like kind of leave them so they can talk privately.
0: And that private chat ends with
1: Andy being like, yeah, that's, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> just like that. Yep. Like telling Nina that like, Yeah, I'm not in love with you anymore. Like, I don't know who you are. You've changed
0: all of this stuff.
1: Yep. And so Nina packs up her shit and leaves. But also, Nina brings out too and is like, Really? So you're going to lie to my face and pretend nothing has ever happened between you and her? Mm But Nina definitely, I mean, we know that Nina knows, but this is when, like, they talk about it, right? And Andy admits that he has feelings for, for Millie and... You know that just icing on the cake and it's like all right it's just
0: yeah and i just thought it was i'm not gonna lie looking back at this like while i was reading the book i ate this shit up right now mm-hmm. that we're talking about it how weird is it that he kicks out his wife is like i don't love you anymore goodbye and then is like oh millie I've been waiting to get you alone immediately takes the maiden after he's just separated from his wife of how many years that he was just trying to have a child with. There was just something about it that I was like, while I was reading, of course, I was like, oh, shit. But now I'm like, that's fucking weird. That's weird.
1: Definitely. Like when I was reading it, I'm like, oh, all right. All right, Andy, kick her out. You know, make her more in the villain. Like, let's go.
0: Yeah. And so that's exactly what he does, though. He They wake up yep. in bed next to each other. They're, they're living the dream. And Millie's gotten some phone calls from some unknown numbers and she feels, like, really unsettled about everything. But she's just staying focused that she has bagged this rich, beautiful, heroic man and yep. got rid of, like, the mm-hmm. wicked... The Wicked Witch of the West, basically. Was the West or the East the bad one? I don't know. What The Wicked Witch <laughs> that was in the house.
1: But neither one if you've seen Wicked. Come on. True.
0: <laughs> oh, Andy pulls Enzo inside and fires him. Oh, yeah. Enzo's confused, but he goes, okay, like, I go. And Andy, you know, disappears out the front door. And this is where Enzo stops. He looks at Millie. And he said, Millie, you must get out of here. You are in terrible danger. In very clear English. Yes, very clear English. Not a heavy Italian accent. And she says, you know, I'm okay. Nina's gone. Don't worry. And he goes, no, you are wrong. She is not. Gets cut off. Andy pokes his head back in,
1: and Enzo leaves. So, like, they go back in the house, and Andrew tells Millie that, like, she doesn't have to be doing any work for the house anymore. Monday is usually the day that she goes grocery shopping, so she does still go do that. She runs into one of the PTA ladies from um, earlier in the book, where Nina had all the ladies over, and runs into her at the... The grocery store she asked her like she confirms that she like works for the winchesters and just that the pta lady has been getting has been trying to get a hold of nina all morning that they were supposed to have um brunch but that she never showed um she like says well i guess nina's a little bit flaky the pta lady like kind of notices the phone that millie's holding and is like oh is that the phone that nina gave you to use and millie is like yeah it is and the pta lady just laughs like I have to say, like, it's so nice of you to let her keep track of where you are at all times. Millie's kind of like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, she just texts me like, it's not that bad. And the PTA yeah. lady's like, um, no, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about the tracking app that she installed. Um, And that's when Millie was like, wait, what? Nina tracks me via my phone. She just like unfolds like, of course she knew where I was then when we were at the Broadway show. Yeah. You know, Millie's, like, kind of freaking out after, or Millie's, like, starting to realize that, like, Nina knew where she was at all times, the Broadway show, all of that. Walks out of the grocery store and sees a car that looks like Nina's car, too, and her phone Mm -hmm. starts to ring. Millie answers the phone and is like, hello, Nina? She's, like, convinced that this number is, like, Nina, and then somebody on the phone, a cheerful voice. Hello, it's come to our attention that your vehicle warranties may have recently expired, but she's still... can't push this feeling away that she's somehow in danger. Yeah, and,
0: you know, she goes back to the house. She's trying to shake these feelings. Andy's definitely going to be late, so she can't stop thinking about how Enzo kept saying she was in danger, but Nina's gone. She is, everything's fine. Her phone started ringing on the coffee table, and when she picked it up, there was a distorted mechanical voice that just said, stay away from Andrew Winchester. And she asked if it was Nina. She couldn't tell. And There's a click. The line went dead. And so she's just pissed off because she feels like this is Nina just continuing to ruin her life even though she definitely just like stole Nina's husband under the same roof while she was (laughs) working for them. But it's fine. Everything's fine. She goes upstairs She grabs her luggage. She starts packing up her stuff because she's going to ask his permission. But basically, she's like, I'm moving downstairs. I'm getting out of this attic. This is now going to be my house with Andy. And so she hears his voice behind her. And, you know, she's like, oh, I thought I might move downstairs. And he was like, I was going to suggest it myself. And so he said, what have you been up to? I saw some some books on the coffee table. Have you been reading? And she said, honestly, I don't want to talk about it. To which she said, maybe I could make you forget, I bet you could, fade to black, all of that fun stuff. Now, they were upstairs in her little attic room this time. They didn't end up moving downstairs. So she wakes about three o'clock in the morning and she needs to go to the bathroom. So she gets up and Andy is not next to her. And so... She was like, okay, he probably went downstairs to his luxurious bed because like, why the hell would he stay in this cot in this stuffy attic with me? She goes down to the door to go to the bathroom and the doorknob will not turn. And so she starts to panic a little bit. She presses herself into the door. She sees the scratch marks. She's really starting to panic. So she hits herself against it. She tries to turn again. And that's when she realized that the door is not stuck. The door is locked and she's trapped upstairs
1: in the attic oh oh shit and that's when we hit up part two yep we are on to part two and then so like the first part of this book is all under millie's narration right so we we see kind of the world from her perspective our opinions of nina andy you know are very um skewed based on what millie is experiencing and what she sees Um, So, this part two shifts to Nina's perspective, which is awesome. It's so fun to learn about Nina.
0: I wasn't expecting to shift to Nina's perspective. I was expecting to shift to Andy's perspective. Yep. Like, I really thought we were about to be, like, on the other side of that. And I thought, Mm -hmm. like, he was about to, like, fight off Nina, who had gotten back into the house and, like, tried to murder him and locked... Like, Millie upstairs, like... Yeah. Boy, how wrong I was. How wrong... How wrong was I?
1: (laughs) Yep. So this is where we, you know, start... Start learning about Nina. And start learning about her way of thinking. And kind of what happened from her perspective. You know, she's at a hotel room. While Andy was, like, at her house with, like, another woman. Like, she wouldn't have believed it a few months ago, you know? Yeah. And... You know, she kind of looks at the Find My Friends app, Um, and she's like, well, I guess Millie discovered that I was watching her because she can't find her on there anymore.
0: Nina is sitting in bed in the hotel, and it says, mm-hmm. and I smile. My first real smile in almost eight years. I can't believe I finally got rid of that asshole.
1: Yep. And so this next part, I just think is, like, so clever. So right up until now, like, we just think Nina is, like, off her rocker. You know, yeah. <laughs> gaslighting. Millie just like what is going on inside this lady's head like she's just not not well. But then it's revealed a guide by Nina Winchester called what's it called Brit?
0: It's called How to Get Rid of Your Sadistic Evil Husband, a guide by Nina Winchester. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so she takes us through step by step, you know, definitely if you haven't read the book, please do, because we don't have enough time to go through all these steps. Um, yes. But they are so good. You need to read them for yourself. But
0: oh, this book is on Kindle Unlimited, by the way, you guys. Just so yes. you all. Yeah, this book is on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have that, pick it up. I know we're going through details, but like you just you have to experience this book.
1: Yes, you do. And um, so like she goes through the steps. Step one, you know, she starts off by introducing us to how she met Andrew Winchester. She worked with him and um, at the time, like, um, just had Cece. She was, like, breastfeeding. She walks into this meeting with her boss and Andrew's there, too. Embarrassingly enough, she, like, leaks because she should have been pumping. Um, And, you know, her boss is kind of like a dick to her. But, you know, Andrew comes in and saves the day. Of course he does. It's Andy Winchester, baby. Right? And so, of course, Nina's like, oh my gosh. You know, thank you. And um, they go out for, like, hot dogs. And then he asks her on, like, a proper date. And so we just are kind of introduced to how Nina kind of was enamored by Andrew right away.
0: Yeah. And then we move into step two, which talks about marrying this sadistic evil man. And so everything seems like so beautiful with them they're they're in this beautiful house together andy really takes in cecilia like she's his own and she notices one day andy notices because she's nina is trying to be the perfect wife absolutely like have the perfect body be the perfect spouse because he andy loves her in white so she wears all white so we realize that that's where her obsession with white comes from so andy notices that he can see her roots coming through a little bit and so he's like hey i can see your roots and she's like oh i you know i totally forgot i've been so busy with Cece. i will you know reschedule an appointment but he's like hey you know just I, I need your help just come i need your help with something and she's like sure what is it and he goes you know there's some paperwork upstairs that i was wondering if you could help me try and find i gotta get this contract done and then after we can you know get together and she's <laughs> like oh he doesn't have to tell me twice like my beautiful adoring husband all of this stuff they head upstairs to the room that we have come to know as Nina's or Millie's living quarters and it's she notes it's really creepy it's dark when the light comes on she realizes that it's not a storage closet but it's exactly as how Millie has experienced it there's a cot a dresser a mini fridge tiny window at the end of the room and he said well you know I store everything in the closet over there because she was expecting it to be you know a storage room and she walks Mm -hmm. over to peer inside but there's nothing in there except for a blue bucket and she's like this is no two person job and as she's noting this mentally she hears a door slam behind her and Andy locks her in
1: yep And so she calls out, like, Andy, like, where are you? And, you know, doesn't hear an answer or anything. And she's like, well, maybe he just went downstairs and the door blew shut. So she, like, presses her ear against the door. And she just hears footsteps, like, retreating and just not coming closer. And, you know, she's just very, like, hesitant. She says she's, like, not claustrophobic, but, like, the room is small. She tries to open the window. The window doesn't open. So, like, kind of experiencing similar things to, like you know, Millie had, like, okay, this room is small, the window doesn't open, all of this stuff, and then she just really starts to panic, like, calling for Andy after 15 minutes. He's just not coming.
0: This is where she realizes that her husband is literally evil. (laughs) And when I was reading this, I feel like this was kind of the gut punch that I was waiting for while reading this book. I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I thought that I had it figured out. Like, I thought for sure it was going to have something to do with Nina and Millie. Like, Nina attacking Mm -hmm. Millie, something happening. And so, finding this out honestly shook me a little bit. And so, you know, she's in this room. She's locked up there. And Andy comes back, and, you know, he keeps saying, we see this repeating pattern of, like, yeah, you can come out, just not yet. And he's kind of making it, like, a really sick and twisted game. And so he's like, you can't come out until you learn your lesson. And she's like, lesson about what? <laughs> what are we talking about? What's happening? She's like, what kind of consequences are you talking about? And he is like, I can't have my wife walking around like a slab with dark roots showing. How rude. And literally, like, one, you did not just have a child. Right? Two. What the hell are you talking about? Like, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> you know, she's like, I'll go to an appointment first thing in the morning. Like, I promise, just let me out. And he's like, you'll hang tight. Like, we'll just talk more about your punishment in the morning.
1: And um, what is, what's her punishment, Hannah? So her punishment, um, Andy tells her that she has to pull a hundred strands of her hair. From the root, I can't e- like can't even comprehend that. Like, no, like
0: it hurts just like yanking like one or like if your hair gets caught up in like your hair tie and you rip it out, that shit hurts.
1: Yep, yep. So he just wants literally a hundred strands of her hair, and so she's like, um, you know, they're like, there's some of my hairbrush. You can have my hair. You know, this is the weirdest request I've ever had. Does he have some sort of hair fetish? Like what is this about? And, you know, Andy's like, nope, I want it from your scalp. He's like, I'm not joking. There's envelopes in the dresser. Just put it in there and slide under the door. And then if you do that, you'll have learned your lesson. And so, you know, Nina's like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Yep. And so she starts to pull her hair. Yeah. Then we find out it...
0: She did it, but they were not all fine. Because... 99 pieces of the hair had the
1: follicle at the end of it.
0: But one didn't. So she's like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just grab you one. And he was like, no, 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 no. Um,
1: you gotta start over. Yep, and he's like, I'll check on you tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nina's also during this time, like, worried about Cece, right? Like, yeah. This mother effer better not, like lay a hand on her. Andy does tell her, like, oh, she's downstairs playing. She's fine. He finally,
0: you know, lets her out after she does it again, and she's pissed at him. Obviously. He brings her a water, and he's like, I'm sorry I had to do that. That's the only way that you'll learn. Is it, though?
1: (laughs) Is it the only way she would learn a lesson? But I guess it was. To him, I guess. And then so she, like, feels, like, super out of it and everything and just kind of wants to go to bed, make sure Cece's okay. And then, lovely step four, make the world believe you're crazy. Which, as we know from Millie's perspective, she, you know, that she accomplished this. Like, good job. That shit worked. Good job, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, But
0: that's not even there yet. This was done by Andy. Mm-hmm. So she wakes up and she's super, super groggy. And Nina, you know, has a bunch of text messages from Andy saying like, oh, you acting you were acting really strange and all of this stuff. And, you know, he wouldn't have left Cece with Nina while she was sleeping out of it. But she hears the water running in the bathroom. She is like, okay, well, maybe he's in the shower. Maybe something happened So she throws her legs off the bed and she stands up and she's overcome with with dizziness and she's trying to walk as slow as she can but she ends up collapsing because she can't even walk straight. Like she is so out of it, so dizzy, she is panicking because she's like, "Who is in that bathroom?" And when she gets inside, she says, "This is something I'll never forget for the rest of my life." She sees Cece inside the bathtub and cc is an infant at this point and her eyes are closed she's propped up and the water is rapidly rising in the tub and it's almost to the level of her shoulders so in another couple of minutes cc would have been fully submerged she's trying to like drag herself across this bathroom floor and she's like i am coming for you please help i will i will get you as soon as she reaches the tub she hears a someone behind her says mrs winchester don't move
1: you know a strong hand like grasps her nina tries to like get out you know her speech is slurred right like what are you doing and she hears the man say like you know she's alive but it looks like she's drugged and nina's like yes drugged and she thinks that like they know that um, everything that Andy's been doing to them, the police are there to save them, and our paramedic, you know, takes Cecilia out, like, they're gonna be okay, they've come to save us. And that's when the police officer comes to Nina and says, um, Ms. Winchester, were you trying to drown your daughter? And so you Nina's know, like, the, like, um, switch flips in her head. Wait, what? No, why, why would they think I've done that? That's not what happened here can't they see that? But, um, obviously not because she spends the next eight months at the psychiatric hospital.
0: Like what I thought was wild was during her visit, they were very much convincing her that this was completely a hallucination. Like she had made it all up and she was, she had drugged herself. So that's how the hallucination happened. She Mm -hmm. was suffering with postpartum depression. She tried to drown her daughter. She tried to, take her own life and you know when they searched upstairs for what she was saying it was actually a storage closet it was just filled with papers and boxes of stuff and so she spent all this time on medication and therapy just trying to unlearn it and the her psychiatrist is like you know you have to face your fears basically so she's released home and one night andy brings it up i think you need to face your fears like i think you need to go up there see that everything was fine and we can, you know, move on from this and get you better. But that's that's not really what happened, though, was it?
1: <laughs> no. We know. Yeah. We know what really happened.
0: We sure do. And what happened is, Andy is a sadistic-ass motherfucker.
1: Yes, he is.
0: And he takes, he takes Nina back upstairs, and she realizes that it looks the exact same as she remembered it in her horrible situation. She gets locked up in there and he's like i just wanted you to know what you were dealing with like i just needed you to know what i'm capable of which one ew right you know he said this is this is for you nina you're not in a position to negotiate with me like he basically shames her and is like look what kind of shitty life you had before me bottom of the tier you had nothing going for you. You are going to be a single mom with no baby daddy. Like, your baby daddy wasn't in the picture. And now I'm here. I'm teaching. This is my life lesson to you. <laughs> this is my self-help book. I am going to Marie Kondo your life by locking you in an attic.
1: Does right? this spark
0: joy? <gasps> like... Uh. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, he locks her back up in the attic. And gives her some
1: conditions. Yep, so Andy tells her, you know, for starters, you don't tell anybody what happened in this room. You don't tell your friends, doctor, don't tell anyone. She talks about it. It's just going to be a sign that, like, she's delusional, and then um, Cece would end up in danger, too. You know, she agrees, because, like, what else is she going to do? She's trapped in the attic, like, locked in. And so Andy also tells her that if you need to be disciplined, it'll be taking place in this room. Yep.
0: And... You know now she's trying to come to terms with it trying to make peace with it because she has to think about cc um he supported her financially but like he is even tempered he's kept all of his promises but those promises also included the attic punishments if and when he felt those were applicable he always found something that was wrong so she gave up she you know, she tried to do everything possible. She stopped going to the gym. She started eating whatever she wanted to. She was like, you know, I if she couldn't turn him off with her behavior, she was going to turn him off with her appearance. Because obviously, mm-hmm. if he was freaked out about a root showing, imagine what's going to happen when she starts overindulging and yep. all of these other things happen. And so... You know, she tries to find he was engaged formally, formerly he was never married, but he was engaged to a woman named Kathleen. So she tried to find her and nothing ever came of that. She she gave up and, um, you know, he controls her through Cece's actions too. like if Cece does something that he doesn't like, um, she pays the price for it. He makes Cece wear these, like, disgusting, frilly Victorian dresses. And so all of the pieces are starting to come together of how, like, the erratic, really, I don't know, borderline, like, insane behavior that we experienced with Nina in the first half of the book was all laid into place by Andy.
1: You know, she, like, tries to think of ways to get out of it, but Andy tells her, like, even in the event of my death, um, his attorney, like, has a letter ready to send saying that, basically, that she's crazy, that there's all these, like, homicidal threats and everything. You know, she is responsible for his death, so she's trying what she can to just, like, live with it and to um, stay away somehow.
0: You know, she heads upstairs, we get a detail of another punishment, and the punishment was... Last night somehow the air freshener was too aggressive, the same air freshener they use all the time. Um, and it really upset his eyes. So her punishment was that she needed to pepper spray herself. Just ouch. Just makes herself right in the eyes. Which is that, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's like, also keep your eyes
1: open or it doesn't count.
0: Like, what a sick fuck.
1: Ouch, it just sounds miserable. Never.
0: I know, and like, I was really trying to not, like, lace every word of about Andy Winchester with sarcasm earlier, but talking about him I in, know. Like, such a positive <laughs> light, knowing what he's doing, like, oh my god, look at the hero, look at Andy! Like, it's so hard to, like, maintain that when you know the sick yep. shit that he's pulled. Ah, oh, disgusting, like it's so gross and yeah I mean we see more and more stuff happen but there is one thing that does happen Enzo ends up noticing her in the the window upstairs mm-hmm. and Enzo comes up and he, he she tells him that um her husband tortures her and locks her up in the attic and so Enzo demands that she tells him where a key is And, you know, she's like, this isn't going to help. Enzo's like, listen, I'm going to break down the door. And we know from Millie's description of Enzo that, like, this is a big dude with a lot of muscles. Yep. Enzo is pissed. He's like, he's hurting you. This is so wrong. He basically, Enzo eventually concedes and is like, if I don't see you tomorrow morning, I will come up here, break the door, and I will call the police. And she's like, okay, I get it. That's fair. And so, Andy let her out that night. She ends up talking to Enzo and walks her through every single thing that ever happened. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna kill him. Enzo's like, do you want me to just... Do you want me to just kill him? Like, right now? Like, I'll just... Right? (laughs) I'll just go grab something. And she's like, okay, um, no. And Enzo and her... End up devising a plan to try and get them to escape.
1: So you know when um, Nina and Enzo are talking, you know they come up with come up with a plan because um, Enzo definitely wants to um, wants to help because something similar did happen to his sister, which we talked about earlier, like the tattoo of Antonia um, on his arm. Something similar happened to her, and he was unable to help her, so he knew that he wanted to step up and um help nina with this so they devise a plan have a couple safety boxes safety deposit boxes with you know money passports all the stuff kind of needed to um, get cc and nina to a safe place and that's when millie arrives because millie is a perfect stand-in for andy to start seeing somebody else in that room
0: so we find out that she was very deliberately chosen by Nina. Everything that she did—the clothes, the dirtying the house intentionally—you know, the the Broadway tickets, intentionally messing those up—we actually find out that Cece is allergic to peanut butter, and Andy would keep it in the house mm-hmm. and sometimes like secretly add it to her food just so she would have flare-ups as like another form of torture for both Cece and Nina. Everything was very well controlled by Andy and Nina just kind of used everything that she learned in his game and used it against
1: him. Definitely just kind of pushed him to, you know, despise Nina, right? Of all these things that like, he normally would like teach her a lesson on, right? The dented pizza pizza boxes, like her hair being unkempt, all this stuff. And normally he'd probably lock her in the attic and teach her a lesson. He couldn't because Millie was living up there.
0: We end up coming back to Millie and her perspective of her being locked in. And we find out that Andrew is about to pull the same shit on Millie that he did with Nina. If you remember, he asked... Millie what she was doing, and she was reading books, and she left those out on the coffee table instead of putting them back. Which was so unacceptable. Andy talks to her through the other side of the door, and he does the same routine that we see Mm -hmm. with Nina. The, yeah, I have a key, and you can come out, just not yet. And he said, I'll open the door, but you need to do something for me first. Again, kind of like a parallel image. And we see that Andy really has turned this into like a sadistic game for himself like he's definitely getting some sort of gratification or satisfaction out of dragging this on and watching things kind of fall yeah he wants her to balance the heavy books on her stomach for three hours and he's like you know that's unfortunate if you don't want to do it because like you're not going to get out until you do what i say and she's like well i'm gonna probably pee my pants then because she woke up having to go to the bathroom And he's like, well, there's a bucket in the closet if you want to go ahead and do that. She noticed the bucket when she first moved in, but she like never really gave it a second thought. And so he's like, I'm just I just told you what you can do. Okay. she picks up the books and is like, all right, I've got the books. Can you let me out? And he's like, "Ah, mm, 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 mm. you don't have the books on top of you. She's like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, don't lie to me. She's like, how do you know? He goes, because I can see you. His
1: camera. A camera in the room.
0: Yep. She still believes he's joking until he walks away. So she leaves the books. She uses the bucket. She doesn't have the snacks that she usually kept in her mini fridge. It's just the three mini bottles of water. And so she examines the books. She lays them on top. Yeah, she put the
1: books on top, and so he walks away, and she does it. She does it for the three hours, Um, and at the three-hour mark, she, like, shoves the books off her belly, and she just, like, tears in her eyes, like, I did it, I'm done, let me out of here. An hour later is when she hears footsteps, and she, like, you know, tells him, like, I did it, now let me out. And, you know, again, he's like, hmm, I'm afraid I can't do that. He said now that she pushed the b- books off her belly for a minute too early. So that she has to like start over and she's like, no, like this is not, not happening. She doesn't have any water left. And he just kind of tells her like, well, next time you'll have to learn how to conserve water. And Millie's like, wait, next time? Like, are you out of your mind? Like, I don't think so. And, you know, Andy like throws it in her face. You know, that there will be a next time you're on parole, right? Like, um, if you were to take something from our house and you'd end up right back in jail, like, is that what you want? You know, so Andy's like, kind of holds that over her head. Like, you know, if you want out, like, you have to learn your lesson or else I can send you easily back into jail. Andy finally is like, all right, you know, I saw you. Good job. Excellent job. Like, very patronizing. She he, Andy pulls
0: up, like, the image of them sitting in the room together, and she's just, like, horrified by it. He watched her suffer the entire day, and he had every intention of doing it again. So I don't think he entirely knew what he was getting into with Millie, because
1: <laughs>
0: she reaches into the pocket of her jeans as they're sitting there, and she pulls out a bottle of pepper spray that was left in the bucket by Nina.
1: Yeah, we... Uh, Go back to Nina, and we kind of find out more about, like, why Millie went to prison, right? So she went to prison for murder, um, that she was only 16 years old. And it happened, like, when she was in boarding school. And she, um, like, went to a party, came back, found one of her classmates, um, forcing herself on her friend. So Millie picked up the paperweight to stop him. Millie took it a little too far and ended up killing the boy that was forcing Um, himself on her friend and he was like the guy was dead even before he got to the hospital and so you know she wanted to
0: hire millie in hopes that she would become her replacement but that's not why she hired millie really that's not why she gave her a copy of the key and that's not why she left a bottle of pepper spray in the bucket she hired millie to kill andy she just wasn't aware of that yet
1: then we find out millie uses the pepper spray on andy And gets him right in the face, right? Because, like, Andy's not expecting it. He thinks, like, Millie's, like, thankful for him, like, letting her out. You know, she's exhausted from, like, holding the books on her for three hours and everything. Um, But she's ready to fight. She's like, nope, I'm not staying in here anymore. Like, I'm out. Unlocks his phone before she leaves the room and then runs out. And um, safely gets herself outside of the room. Locks the door. Andy's inside. What does she say? She says... I will let you out. Just not yet. She throws it right back at him and is like, all right, well, you need to learn your lesson. Well, she's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go eat. And so she like goes downstairs, grabs a sandwich, drinks some water, sees a text from Andy's mom. So she replies back um, about like, you know, they're talking about like divorce with Nina. Uh, Andy's mom even replies back just like, You know nina was extremely lax on discipline and the little girl became quite a brat and just like you know obviously andy's mom is not not anybody nice either she eats her sandwich and she goes back upstairs ready to serve andy his punishment
0: it's an eye for an eye kind of punishment you know it's um you're gonna take the books you're gonna place them on your stomach but like maybe just like a little lower a little lower. And Andy kind of plays dumb, but she's like, no, no, you know what I mean? And, you know, he really just doesn't know who he's fucking with right now because Millie sure does not give a shit about him right now. And so she goes, okay, you're going to put those on you for three hours. He thinks she's joking. She's not. So (laughs) he does it. He keeps the books on him for three hours And, you know, as this is happening, she kind of reminisces about the entire time she spent at the Winchester house and realizing that Nina was not the crazy one. She really just doesn't know what to think, that she was wondering how many people might have died in that room and what might have happened to Nina up in that room. She thinks of the scratches that she saw and she talks about, you know, after she had killed Duncan, Kelsey, like the friend that she killed Duncan four never spoke to her again and she didn't understand why because it was like the sense of vigilante justice that she had and so Mm -hmm. you know she says the only person she can trust is herself out of this so she goes back up she asks how he's feeling and you know she's like just relax like I'm gonna let you out he's pissed he's like let me out you bitch and she's like yeah I'll let you out like just not yet (laughs) And he's like, I did exactly what you said. Three hours. She said, three hours? Oh, I'm sorry if you heard three hours. I actually said five hours. So you're going to have to start over. And he's like, I can't do this. Like, this game is over. And she uses the exact same words against him. Like, this isn't a negotiation, Andrew. If you want to get out of this room, you're going to keep those books on your junk for the next five hours. Easy. And he tries to bribe her with money. Um... And she walks away, and she said, you know, maybe next time you should leave the girl you lock in the room with more water so someone would be left for you. When he's, you know, complaining about, you know, can I get water? And as she's leaving, she pulls out her phone and Googles, how long can a person live without water?
1: And so we go back to Nina, and Nina um, goes to pick up Cece from camp. She asks, like, Cece where she wants to go, and Cece's like, Disneyland! (laughs) And Cece asks about Dad, and you know uh, Nina tells her like he's not coming, and like Cece instantly is the relief is seen on her face. Uh, Nina's phone rings, and it's Enzo, and you know Enzo's just like you know we need to talk, like we need to help Millie, like we can't we can't just leave her there. And then you know Nina's like I'm good, like Millie's fine, like she'll take care of herself, you know. But um, kind of Enzo puts like that doubt in her head because. Nina thought, you know, she was hiring Millie to, like, kind of be her replacement, but to ultimately kill Andy. You know, she didn't think that, like, things would happen so soon. And Enzo tells her, like, nope, the light's on in the attic. So Nina's, like, crap, you know. Millie is right where I was. Like, she didn't kill him. Like, she's stuck in the attic. What is going to happen, you know? We
0: pop back over to Millie again. And this is where... This is where shit gets like, it was wild, it's been wild, and shit gets like a little more crazy here. You know, Millie wakes up, she thinks Andy has gotten out of the room, but he's actually just like low-key catatonic on the bed with like a comforter over him, and so she goes up, and she lies to him and says, the video feed didn't come through, like, oh, that's really frustrating, isn't it? You know, I'm afraid you're going to have to, and he cuts her off, he's so mad, he's Furious, which like, (laughs) I mean, rightfully so, but (laughs) yeah, I just, I don't feel like you're in any position to be upset because you're just, you know, you're getting a taste of your own medicine. And so she's like, listen, I'm going to let you out. Uh, There's just one more thing you need to do. And he's like, I don't believe you. He starts flinging himself into the door full force. Like he's going to bust it down. (laughs) And it doesn't move. He's just in pain, causing more pain to himself. And so she's like, this is a one-time deal. If you want to get out of the room, you know, it was hard with the books, the feed. She goes, I just need you to um, pull out one of your teeth. Like, very, very quickly, she had slid a pair of pliers under the door that she had grabbed out of Andy's toolkit. And he's like... I'm not doing that. And she was like, well, you might in a few more hours without food and water. So just let me know how that goes. (laughs) And he's really, really pissed. And she likens the sound that he was making to the sound that Duncan made when she cracked um, his skull with the paperweight. Andy... Oh, he ends up picking up the pliers brings them to his mouth and she's like she can't even watch this she didn't think he was going to do it no he starts crying he's at the breaking point he's willing to rip his own teeth just to get out of this room and millie says but he has no idea that this is just the beginning (laughs) and so you're like oh shit um i will say i did i did think we were gonna see a little bit more of that but they did spare like freedom mcfadden did spare a lot of like the super gory details we do get a little bit more here in a minute but like yeah it's not like i've read some thrillers that are very graphic and this is very much like a fade to black like there's definitely mentions of stuff i feel like this is a really really good entry level thriller
1: yeah Yeah, it's not too gory. It's like leaves a lot to your like imagination too, which can sometimes be worse. (laughs) True. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think as thriller goes, like this shouldn't scare you away from reading a thriller. Not like nightmare inducing. I mean, it could be. Yeah. You know, everybody's different. But, um, in comparison to some of these crazy books that I've read, this is not as, not as crazy. So then we go back to Nina and Nina, um, you know, she decided to come back to go with Millie, but she told Enzo, like, one condition Enzo needs to, like, protect Cece with his life. If she goes back into this house, like, who knows what can happen, but, like, you know, Nina wants Cece protected. So Enzo agrees, of course, you know, to take Cece and just to uh, take care of her. Um, so Nina, like, arrives back to the house and she just says, like, she knew that something like, was wrong. Like, she could just sense it. Something was definitely off in in the house she runs upstairs she notices that the
0: door to the stairwell of the attic is open and she starts to look up and she's like someone is in there. Where's Andy? So she's climbing up the stairs and in her head she's like okay she's talking out loud she's like don't worry Millie I'm going to help you. But when she lets the door swing open and she gets the key out of her purse she sees that the two light bulbs. Are flickering on the ceiling there's enough light there that she can make out andy or what used to be andy
1: and she says like for a solid 60 seconds all she can do is like stare um you know and she like kind of dry heaves and is like oh gosh like what am i looking at right and um then she hears millie behind her to say hello nina um, and, she, like, Nina, like, almost has a heart attack because she was just, like, so focused on the sight in front of her and, like, seconded by it that she didn't even, like, hear the footsteps that were behind her. Millie's there holding up a bottle of pepper spray to, um, point it at Nina's face, and Nina's just, like, put the pepper spray down, I'm not gonna hurt you, I promise, and just, like, asking how long has he been up here. Millie is like, five, I don't know, six days, I lost count. <laughs> um, and Nina confirms like he's dead. Like, how long has he been dead? And um, like Millie's kind of just like, do you think he's definitely dead? <laughs> and like, um, I don't mean to laugh, but Nina's like, I can, <laughs> yeah. I can check. Yeah, right. <laughs> like uh, Millie, he's been up there for like five, six days without water. Like, of, yeah, of course he is dead, right? And so like, you know, Nina goes over and check and just confirms, you know, like he's gone and. Millie kind of stares, lowers the pepper spray, and is just, like, kind of sinks in, like, the enormity of, like, what yeah. happened, you know? And, um, just realizing, like, you know, Millie's like, you know, I'm gonna go back to prison, like, she's just, yeah. like, upset, right? Like, cause she was in prison since she was mm-hmm. a teenager, like, Millie is, you know, still very young in, like, her actions and how she behaves and, um, you know, so Nina... Kind of likens her to, like, Cece, like, yep, she's just a girl. Like, you know, she cries a similar way that, like, Cece does. Um, And Nina just kind of reassures her, like, nope, you are not going to prison. You weren't even here. Like, you're going to leave. I'm going to tell the police you were off all week. And, like, Nina, you know, it's just like, I can't let this poor girl take the fall for this. Right? Even though um, Nina wanted her to kill him, right, is why she hired him Mm -hmm. in the first place. She basically tells her to,
0: like, get out while she can.
1: Before she changes her mind. Yep. And
0: so Millie leaves, and she runs down the stairs, and then Nina picks up her phone and calls the police. And this is where we have our full circle moment at chapter 60. It brings us all the way back to the prologue from Nina's perspective. And she says, Mm -hmm. if I leave this house, it will be in handcuffs. I can't see
1: any other way around it to tie up everything with a nice little bow. The detective that came to the scene was none other than um Detective Connors. And who who's he related to?
0: So he is related. His daughter's name is is Kathleen, if that might ring any bells. And so he said that yeah, he said that he hmm. knew Andy personally, but his daughter did. We find out that, you know, the breakup was was rough on her and she wouldn't talk about it. But she changed her name and moved far away. And he always wondered what Andy Winchester had done to his daughter.
1: So this connection, you know, Nina's like, okay, maybe, you know, somebody will believe me, right? Because Nina kind of was just, like, at the point that people thought that she was crazy. Like, that she... You know, the narrative, right, was that she tried to drown her daughter. Now she killed her husband. Like, you know, she just didn't think there was any way she was going to get out of it. But the fact that um, this detective has his suspicions about Andy Winchester, that, you know, you know, there's some hope out there for her, for sure.
0: So we end up having a little bit of a scene at Andy's funeral from Nina's perspective and his parents walk in. And so and Nina's kind of freaking out a little bit. You know, Detective Connors made good on all of the promises that he had made. Andy's death was ruled accidental versus a homicide. And no one was actually investigated. So his dad walks up and his name is Robert. And he said, I just want you to know that we are always here for you. We know that you're all alone. And if you need anything, you know, you and CCU just let us know. And so Robert walks away and Evelyn walks up his mom and says, you know, she goes, you know, I, I actually spoke to an old friend at the police station about Andy and she starts freaking out and she was like, yeah, they told me how my son looked when the detectives had found him. You know, they told me about all of his, his missing teeth. And so Nina's like, oh shit. Like she... She's got to know what's going on. And so she's like, This is all over. She's probably going to be arrested. And Evelyn ends up saying, You know, I always told him how important dental hygiene was. I told him he had to brush every night. And when he didn't, there would be a punishment. There's always a punishment when you break the rules. Nina's like, What is she? What the fuck is going on? Like, what do you mean? And she's like, Andy knew that. He knew that was my rule. I thought he understood. It's such a shame that he never really learned. I'm glad you stepped up and taught him a lesson. And Evelyn makes one last adjustment to Andy's shirt and walks out of the funeral home.
1: <laughs> yep, so, I mean, it's just implied, right, that, like, Andy grew up that with that mentality, yep. right? That, like, you learn your lesson, that's how you become exactly. better right that's something that like ran in yep. his family um but I love how this ended too because um we find out so then we end the book with an epilogue from Millie's point of view um and it's Millie in another job interview getting asked to like tell you know tell her about herself you know since leaving leaving the Winchesters um and it'll be her first job hopefully in almost a year that she had, like, a few odd jobs here and there, but she's just been, um, living off of the salary that, um, Nina paid her out. We kind of see, like, the housewife, like, you know, looks over, walks over to the block of knives, absentmindedly, you know, just kind of toys with the handle. The housewife tells, uh, Millie and just says, you know, Nina Winchester recommended you very highly. So that's when it kind of clicks, like, hmm, all right, I need to pay more attention here, and um, she sees there's like bruises on the housewife's arm, and just like, okay, I understand what I've was recommended here to do, and um, you know, without really like saying anything, the housewife just says, you know, Millie, can you can you help me? And you know, Millie just is like, yep, I believe I can. Boom. Woo! All right,
0: Millie, <laughs> Millie. So, overall. Pretty fantastic book, in my opinion. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was very fast paced, even though the thriller stuff didn't take place until kind of the back half of the book, but it grabbed my attention pretty immediately. And I feel like she did a really great job of painting scenery. I loved Nina's like how to guide that really Mm -hmm. just completely sold me on what this book was.
1: Oh, totally. I think it like leaned into Nina's character so much more too, right? Cause like, you know, for the first 160 pages or whatever, the first, um, 30 something Chapters, you're like, okay, Nina, like doesn't know what she's doing. She's all over the place. Yeah. But then when you get to her chapter, she's like, nope, this is what I did. X, Y, Z. Like, I already had it Exactly. Planned. but it was just it was a quick read. It was good. Yeah, I genuinely liked so many things.
0: I really like how they tied together the prologue into chapter 60, where it says, if I leave this house, it's going to be in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that. And I feel like all of the questions that I had got answered. I think that my only grievance is really that I feel like it was tied up too neatly. And I know that we've talked about this with books before like it's a book of course it can be a little unrealistic um but that was my only thing was like of course it's the detective who is the father of his ex-fiance that yeah find the body and all of this stuff but overall i just i genuinely enjoyed the book so i think now we can talk about how we both somehow decided that blank space the the reason that this came to mind for me and i'm sure it's going to be this same for you because we came up with the same song (laughs) is for me the whole idea that blank space has been this like really dramatized version of what a serial dater and how crazy taylor swift is it gave me such strong nina vibes to where she's like i can show you what crazy is like i will show you amazing things incredible things i will be the perfect wife but i will also fuck you up
1: Yep, Yeah, it just, like, similar things for sure. Like, it gave me both, like, Millie and Nina vibes, but because Blank Space is very much like being, like, almost, like, gaslit into thinking, like, you're the problem, right? Like, yes. And it's like, well, you you think I'm the problem? Then I will show you I'm the problem. So as soon as Nina started to, like, you know, let her hair grow, let herself go, she's like, yep, I got a Blank Space, and I can write your name. Like, yeah, I
0: feel like it... You know, they'll tell you I'm insane. You know, I love the players and you love Mm -hmm. the game. Um, Because I think that they referenced so many times of Andy, especially with it being Millie, like stop playing games and Mm -hmm. stop doing all of these things. And she's like, it's not a game. Like you did this to me. I'm just showing you what I could do. I feel like this song just it's it's so funny that we picked the same song for our very first episode too because i Cause feel like we can't even really go into detail because we both agree about how everything yeah. relates to
1: it <laughs> because like this is the line like to that i was like yep um this is nina like find out what you want be that girl for a month wait the worst is yet to come screaming crying perfect storms i can make all the tables turn rose garden filled with thorns keep you second guessing like oh my god who is she it felt very and then also like the epilogue too right like millie yeah like i have a blank space i'll write your name just thinking about her like if she continues this like who else is going to be on her list of like these men that are just trash
0: (laughs) and taking these like this metaphorical situation in a very like amplified way and actually making it a thing especially in Millie's side so the line that I thought was kind of like the theme lyric for the for Blank Space for me is it'll leave you breathless or with a nasty scar and that was kind of my overall
1: fitting theme it's funny because i did the first half of that i did we'll take this way too far it'll leave you breathless yeah (laughs) of course we did of course i was like (laughs) you know we'll take this way too far just because it's like and not yet and not yet you know exactly so yeah i feel like that's
0: I, we don't really have much more to say about that because we no. both picked, in my
1: opinion, the perfect song. <laughs> I think to so too. I mean, this I think book. that just shows, right, that, like, that's the song for this book fits. out of, because I looked through a lot of songs, and I was like, hmm, mm, and then I listened to this one, and I was like, yep, Blank Space is it. Like, this is giving 100%. me, like, I can just see, like, the movie playing, and, like, this would just be, like, a song in the movie. It the music video is what
0: played for me in my head, watching her like destroy and go crazy this giant mansion and like also flashing to these scenes of a perfect life. Like it was yeah. the, the drama and like the actual visual of the music video that I referenced when I was trying to pick my song, so. um but yeah, hopefully we won't pick the same song for every book in the future. But if that happens, yeah. I promise we don't plan it.
1: We but like not talk to each
0: other about this.
1: <laughs> no, we don't. We've been keeping it very under wraps. But yes. like, if we do pick it, like you should read it then, right? Especially if I'm you saying. like Blank Space, then you should read The Housemaid. That's just what, what I'm gathering here. A hundred percent. So we're each going to give the book a final rating.
0: Again, we don't talk about the book, our ratings or our songs prior to the podcast so we can have our real life kind of reactions in between. So our book ratings are to the moon and to Saturn. So I'm going to rate in moons. Hannah's going to rate in Saturns. So for me, This book did get me out of a reading slump. It was a very fast read. I think it's super fun. There are a couple of things that I didn't love, but
1: overall, I'm going to give it four and a half moons. Okay. Um, Out of my Saturns, I am going to give it three. Um, only, Only because, like, I really enjoyed it, but I wouldn't reread it, and that's another, like, thing of, like, a high rating for me um but i would recommend it like three stars for me is still a really good book three saturns Saturns. is still a really good book for me um you know that's three planets it's a long time so
0: it is and yeah maybe my ratings will get harsher with time but i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i gave it four and a half moons and i think that you should
1: read it so don't let my three saturns those Straight are three away. big Saturns, okay? They They are big Saturns, exactly. <laughs> so
0: moving on, um, our schedule is going to be a two-week release, so that way we'll announce the book. Gives everyone a chance to kind of read the book if you want to play along or, you know, some extra time in between. So do you want to announce what our
1: next book is going to be? Yes. All right. So our next book kind of going off a similar theme almost um is the lost apothecary by sarah penner
0: did we pick this book because the cover is really pretty possibly possibly do i pick a lot of the books because the cover is really pretty yes i sure do. i never
1: i mean i understand like the saying you know don't judge a book by its cover but i've read some of my favorite books Because I judged the cover. The covers. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm not going to necessarily turn
0: my nose at a cover that I don't love. But if my eye is drawn to a cover, I, yeah, I'm going to get it. Yeah. We just wanted to Mm -hmm. say thank you so, so much for listening and for joining in. And we hope that you'll join us for the journey of our Music for a Book podcast.
1: Yeah. And you can follow us. Yes. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Also, check out our playlist on Spotify. Mm -hmm. However, there's only one song on there right (laughs) now, but um, it's It's fine. Join our Discord, too, to um, add yours in, what you thought would be your song to go with The Housemaid. Exactly. So
0: super excited, you guys. And we will see you next time with our review of The Lost Apothecary.